0: Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, we're back with another Casting angles with Mac Brown. How you doing, Mac? I'm doing great. How you doing, Marvin? As always, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble.
1: That's always a good thing,
0: especially going into the fall
1: low water season.
0: Yeah, we were talking before we started recording, and I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty dry and low, and that makes things complicated on the fishing front, doesn't it?
1: Oh yeah, they talked for a week about the big rain coming Saturday, and it was barely enough to put a few raindrops on the windshield, not enough to really water the grass or bring the rivers, you know, up at all. So, it's still still really low, and I I think it's going to be that way all for a while, you know, till we get into the middle of winter.
0: Yeah, I mean, I looked at the weather forecast, and I don't see any meaningful precipitation in our neck of the woods in the next two weeks.
1: Yeah, I think it's just going to stay the far and fine, you know, game. This is among the lowest. I think I've seen the park streams since 85, since I've lived here. But then, you know, I've talked to a lot of friends that grew up here and they're in their 80s that that fly fish a lot. And they say it's the lowest they ever remember. So I think this is among a record right now for here as far as low water.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we can break it down to kind of talk about, you know, if you're going to fish DH, uh, you know, what you ought to think about. And if you're going to fish for the wild fish up in the park, what you should do.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. We'll break down each and it's like because they're really different the way they both fish this time of year. So, you want me to start off with the wild stuff
0: first? It's your show, buddy. You can do whatever you want to do.
1: All right, let's do that. Let's talk about far and fine. And basically, uh, when we talk about making the leader, you know, quite a bit longer, what's been best is like for the last few weeks with all the slow water is basically fishing dry fly. And sometimes I fish two or three dry flies, but. I don't mean just a store about seven or nine foot, you know, the common leader people buy and add, you know, a bunch of tippet. That's not going to really work so well because then it's, you know, not very accurate to throw six, eight feet of tippet from there because it's all over the place. So, you know, getting the proper leader, I think, is important this time of year. During the school, we just wrapped up a guide school on Sunday and I had all those people minimum at 18 and I usually like closer to 30 this time of year. But I want them to start, and I know eighteen will do do plenty plenty for them because so that's a lot further than they'd all ever thrown. but it just keeps your fly line and makes it easy to, to you know be much further away with the fly line because it makes a shadow, you know as it's drifting down. So I think that'll help a lot for the wild streams is just making it far and fine and put a single dry. And a big part of that in the wild streams is is because a lot of people these days will tie boxes and boxes of tungsten and there's just not a lot of dry fly selection and of course that's just catastrophic this time of year even better to put a bobber on it so it really makes a splash you know we're talking like ankle deep water right now so if you had a a big heavy bead and a bobber that goes splash you can imagine what the wild fish do when that hits the water and um so I, i think that's why i prefer dry fly when it's technical like this and uh for the dh Um, I think a really good plan on the delayed harvest water is mainly find the fish because it's very, you know, specific. Like I could tell here in Bryson, they must have had somebody new. Uh, We were teaching casting the day that they, you know, stopped the river. And normally the places that they'd stop and put fish in were void of fish. So they obviously put them, you know, really different places. And it's not hard to figure out, you know, where they are just walking. We floated the river on Friday. And you could find all these little pockets, but they're really potted up. So if you're out there practicing a bunch of techniques, whether it's nymphing or wet fly or whatever, uh, move, move a lot till you find the pod. And then once you find the pod, stay put. Because that's really what they're doing. They're still potted up really big since last Wednesday. So I think that'll help people a lot to first find them. Of course, if you're on the upper, you know, the nanny or snowbird or places like that, it's pretty obvious where you think they're going to put fish. Just imagine driving a, concrete truck full of fish where you where's it going to be easiest for you to put them in the water so that'll help people to just kind of think think where they, where they wouldn't have to carry a lot of fulls, you know
0: yep yeah, probably six feet from the road uh at the most in any bridge right the bridges are
1: huge yeah the
0: bridges are always part of it and yeah and they also have a
1: you know a little little uh Kind of like a concrete truck where they put a little gate upon a gate and they can open up the valve and it's just, you know, they don't, they don't have to carry them at all. They put like 10, 12 feet of, of a chute. And so anywhere that, that it looks like that, that's what happened. There was also a regional this weekend on the upper and up in Cherokee, uh, the the general water in Cherokee. And of course that was that was a big player for that comp. You know, some people had a bridge hole, which is a gift horse, and other people had you know, spots way in between a bridge. And, of course, they didn't stop at those spots. So and it makes it tough when you when you don't have a, a honey hole and you're catching, you know, little wilds, five, six inches, and then somebody else has 500 freshies that just got shot off a bridge, you know. So it makes it a little tough.
0: Yeah, and they'll eat cheeseburgers too. So uh, That's right. <laughs> so, you know, back to the leader thing, you know, I think the important thing is for people not to feel intimidated by that long leader because if you – do what you're saying to do which is to tie your own you get a really nice tapered progression and it's not like taking a 9 or 12 foot, you know, leader off the wall and putting like 8 feet of tippet on it cuz that ain't going to cast worth anything, right?
1: That's right. I mean, those are all really beginner setups to be honest with you. When you talk about dry fly or wet fly, nobody nobody that I know I meaning in in my lifetime as an angler, nobody I know that was really a diehard, you know, wet fly or dry fly angler. Which is a short leader. Yet that that dominates the industry. Probably ninety-five percent of shops sell a seven and a half to a nine-foot leader for new people. That's the that's kind of the norm. So I just think that's one of the biggest handicaps of not just because it's low water. Even if it was normal flow, I'd still be on a much longer leader. You know, it just gives you nothing, nothing but advantages to the fish. It's all disadvantages, and I think that's what most people want. I don't think a lot of people realize how much it handicaps them when it's short, you know. But it really handicaps them, especially when we start talking about the words like presentation and drift and all those things. It's very hard to to drift and have drag free drifts when the things, too, you know, the whole setup's too short. It takes a whole lot more skill to pull off nice floats with seven and a half foot than it does lengthening it out. You see, so that's the problem. You got beginners with very little skill and they're fishing a leader that's very very uh finesseful to be able to pull off that drift being that short. So it's nothing but a handicap. And I don't think beginners want a handicap. So I think even they would benefit greatly by lengthening it out, not just with tippet either. That kinda does that kinda help answer it and I would say just like the school we just did, I would say eighteen feet. I would start at eighteen. That's pretty easy. Pretty easy setup. If you're fishing, say, a three-weight, let's just give them a formula real fast, just so this is really common, uh, say, say 10, 12 feet of 20-pound and 6 feet of 15-pound, then add your tippet. And the tippet doesn't have to be a, you know, a long way. It's just a couple of feet of tippet. That'll, that'll work fine. It'll turn over fine. It'll be super accurate.
0: Yeah, particularly that Maxima Chameleon because it's got some a really nice stiffness to it.
1: That's right. That's what I use always is is chameleon, and of course, that's another thing that happens a lot this time of year. Most of the times people want to fish, you know, a lot of times they want to fish their own rod, their own setup, and supple mono just reacts very differently than using chameleon. So, you know, it's breezy. The whole time we had the school last week, we had winds every day, anywhere from 10 knots to 20 knots. So it makes it hard to be precise, much less in the wind, when it's a supple monofilament. That's why I, I really don't like supple mono because the wind kind of has its way, you know, with it a lot more than if you're fishing something that's stiff and turns over.
0: Yeah, got it. And, you know, folks, we love questions on the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us. You can DM us on social media. Whatever is easiest for you. And if we use your question, I will send you some Articulate Fly swag. And we love questions, so send them in. If you want more leader formulas, whatever you want to talk about, we'd love to answer your question. And, Mac, before I let you go, you have any schools or any kind of cool stuff you want to announce and let people know about? No, not really. <laughs>
1: I've just finished the school <laughs> for October, and uh, the other school's full in November, so there's no point of advertising it because, I mean, it's been filled for a while. So, well, I guess we could talk about schools in 24. We'll start back up in March. And so we're looking forward to those so they can find out the dates on the website at flyfishingguideschool.com.
0: Yeah. And also, too, you're uh, you're hitting, what, four of the Frumski shows this year?
1: Yeah, we're, we're going to do uh, Denver, Edison, Atlanta, and Pleasanton, California. And those will be the four that I'm going to do. Yeah, and you're going to do those with Gary, right? Yeah, we're going to have the all-day class uh, the Thursday before the dates. And they can find all that information on the, fly fishing, the flyfishingshow.com website. it will have all the info for classes and the all-day class that we teach the day before.
0: Well, well, there you go. Well, listen, folks, you know, as I always say, even if the water is low, we do have good temps. Fall is my favorite time of the year to get out on the water. You owe it to yourself to give it a shot and get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Mac.
1: Tight lines, Marvin. Hope everybody gets out and enjoys the color.
0: Absolutely.